Good morning and welcome everyone. I'm Matt Lyle and today is Tuesday, June 30th. This is episode 19 of the Coffee with Coach Lyle show where I help parents, athletes, and coaches around the world tackle the challenges of life and athletics. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Good morning to see everybody this morning. Great to see everybody again. Uh, we're in episode 19 in, in the month of June, which is pretty incredible. And, and I know many of you have been on this show for probably almost 19 episodes. So I appreciate that very, very much. Thank you. Uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, let me know you're here. I always like, love to see where you guys are tuning in from. I love to see your guys' names on the board and, and seeing, uh, again, across the world. Every episode, we've had worldwide uh, viewership from Sweden to New Zealand, Denmark, Iceland, Canada, you name it. Uh, we've got people from all over the world, so uh, good morning to everybody. TJ, good morning. Good to see you. Ruben, good morning again. Charity, thanks for noticing my shirt, the Beast Mode shirt. Uh, Michael, good morning from Louisiana uh, and Florida. Leslie's in Utah. Good to see you, Forrest. Forrest is in San Fran. Ted, good to see you again. Good morning to everybody. Good morning from the eastern shore of Maryland, one of my favorite places uh, in the world for sure. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. That's awesome to see you guys. Uh, we've got Ron and Stacy, both Chavez parents, on this morning. Good to see you guys. Uh, Donald, tuning in from West Virginia. Michelle, awesome. Thank you guys for tuning in. So if you're just tuning in, uh, do me a favor, would you please uh, hit that like button for me. Hit that like button. And if you really, uh, really want to make my day, uh, hit the share button and share it with the people, uh, with your friends, maybe your Facebook friends, uh, share it out for me. Uh, if we get to 300 likes and we get to 50 shares, I'm going to send someone a signed copy of my book, Dear Coach. Uh, a lot of these books went out last week. We got to about 40 shares yesterday, and we did hit over 300 likes. So thank you, everybody who's done that. Just so you guys know the the algorithm of uh, Facebook and how it works. If you hit that like button and share button, it definitely helps get the word out. So thank you. Good morning, Jim from Lake Tahoe. Was just there last week. A big fan of Lake Tahoe. My parents uh, moved there a few years ago. Spent a lot of my childhood in Lake Tahoe. Uh, again, we were just there last weekend uh, at Camp Richardson and South Lake. So great, great place. Um, if uh, this show is too early for you or you don't like watching it on Facebook uh, and you prefer to listen to on podcasts, this show goes up on podcasts every morning uh, uh, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. So check it out on there. Uh, I appreciate everyone who has listened to it on the podcast and who has given a five-star review. It's gotten a lot of good reviews. It keeps moving up the charts, thousands of downloads, and I, and I really appreciate that very much. So thank you to everyone who has listened to it on the podcast, who has left a five-star review. I really, really appreciate you guys doing that. So thank you. And if you ever want to watch these segments or you missed a day uh, and you would like to go back and watch them, they're always on YouTube. So youtube.com slash Coach Lyle. Uh, you can subscribe there and you can see all the videos that we've had every morning gets put up there later in the day. So uh, that's one of the ways you can always uh, see the show. And if you missed it, uh, the big announcement yesterday, and you may have seen it on social media, and you may have been tuning in yesterday, you may not have been, but tomorrow is the final show of the Coffee with Coach Lyle show. And maybe some of you might be bummed on that, uh, but you know, for me, uh, I, I wanted to do it for the month of June. That was my goal. But the goal for this show was to do it for the month of June, and uh, it's because uh, kind of a second big announcement. You guys are gonna be the first ones to know about it. Uh, is I'm working on a weekly show called the Coach Lyle Show. That's kind of a mix of a uh, uh, Jimmy Fallon, uh, John Oliver, Doctor Phil. Uh, you know, show where we talk about parenting, coaching, athletics, and we do it with guests. Uh, I've got some big name guests lined up, and I'll, I'll make those announcements in a few weeks and some pretty exciting um, big name guests that I think you guys would really uh, learn from more so than just learning from me. So I'm excited about that, and I want to spend the month of July on that because this show has taken up almost my entire June and uh, my day. So I'm working on that, and I hope you guys have enjoyed this. If you have enjoyed this show, you know, shoot me a DM or shoot me a comment. Let me know what you think of the show, what you liked about it, uh, and what I should, what segments I should bring on to the next show. So uh, again, we're testing all these different things, uh, the Dear Coach segments and the different things. So 
If there's a segment that you really like, let me know uh, uh, what we should bring over into the Coach Lyle show. So, And I've learned a lot from doing the show, a lot of things about production, uh, how to do it. And so uh, I appreciate everybody who's tuning in. Uh, it's great to see Craig might win our award for furthest away this morning in Dundee, Scotland. I can't wait to visit there one day. Uh, my wife's maiden name is MacDonald, uh, and uh, th their family uh, is from Scotland, so I'm looking forward to going there someday. Jose says, San Antonio in the house. Big fan of San Antonio, the Riverwalk. Beautiful, beautiful place. Jeremiah is in Missouri. Uh, Ron Chavez is the Beacon Rum Runners. That, that's a, that's both of, that's a, two great things right there. Brian, good morning. Good morning. Good to see you guys. I appreciate everybody. Jersey's in the house. That's awesome. Evan, good to see you guys this morning. Uh, really, really, really awesome. So uh, Gabriel says, uh, good morning. Amanda, good to see you from Boise. Beautiful, beautiful place. Everybody here. So thank you guys. I appreciate that. Nicole's tuned in from Chicago, one of my favorite cities in the whole world for sure. Uh, it's an awesome, awesome town. So thank you guys for tuning in. So let's talk about today's starting lineup. Today's starting lineup will lead off with a question. Every morning I like to ask you guys a great question that, that I want to get your feedback on. Then we're going to go into our Dear Coach segment, uh, and I'm going to share what I thought was the craziest email that I got in the entire book. So in the entire book of the Dear Coach book, today to me was the craziest email I ever read. And I read it like 20 times just to, just to understand it. It's, a, it's one of the craziest emails in the entire book. Then our main topic of today is going to be about athletes taking ownership of their journey. It's going to be geared more towards uh, high school kids, older kids, um, more than the other shows that we've had. But I think if you're a parent, uh, it, it can help you to start shaping and helping them as they get to high school. So it's really geared more towards high school age uh, kids. But I'll share a lot of tips that, that you know, no matter what age your kids are, parents, it can help you uh, with your kids and their journey uh, into adulthood uh, and the life lessons of athletics. Then as always, we'll go to our Q&A session. Our Q&A session this morning uh, is 10 minutes. Uh, so make, if you have any questions, start thinking about them in your head so that we get to Q&A, uh, I can get right to them. And then our final segment of the show is always a coaching tip uh, from my 22 years of being a coach, my 23 years of being a parent, and trying to, and sharing some uh, advice there. So, so this morning, the question of the morning for you guys, the question of the day uh, is, what is the one bucket list sporting event that you have not checked off your list? And you can only choose one. So what is your one bucket list sporting event that you have not checked off your list? Uh, and so to me, you know, I, like I said, I've never been to a World Series, a Super Bowl. Uh, there's a lot of things I haven't been to. Uh, Wimbledon's probably in my top five that I'd like to go to. But if I had to choose one, one sporting event on my bucket list that I have not checked off yet, it has to be the Masters. Uh, the Masters uh, in Augusta in April, it's just like... The event itself just seems incredible to me. Uh, I just I watched it on TV, and I think it'd be awesome. Like I said, the Super Bowl seems awesome. Uh, college football championship. I've been to the Women's College World Series, um, and I, Omaha, different places. But to me, the one place that the one sporting event that I've never been to that if it is number one on my bucket list, it has to be the Masters. So I'm curious for you guys, what is your one? sporting event that you have not checked off your bucket list this morning. Uh, it's good morning to see everybody this morning. I appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, yesterday, I think we had over 13,000 people tune in over the course of the show. So I appreciate you guys so much for that. It really means a lot to me. Uh, good morning, everybody. Uh, I appreciate, uh, Amanda, I appreciate the shirt shout out. Uh, the shirt is from Baseballism, The Beast which is actually the dog that I own in English Mastiff and also from the movie The Sandlot and it's made by Baseballism uh, who hooks me up with some incredible shirts and, and so if you don't know who Baseballism is, go check them out, okay? Uh, Leslie says her sporting event bucket list that she hasn't gone to yet is the College World Series. Uh, that's pretty cool. Robin says NHL Stanley Cup final game. That would be really awesome. Like I said, if you've never been to a hockey event, a uh, hockey game live, you're missing out. Uh, I would say, I'll tell you guys, the one event besides the Masters for me might be number two right around there would either be the Olympics or the World Cup. You know, to me, the Olympics would be 
as a kind of its own category, uh, to go to that would be probably my number one of all time, any event, but, um, Brianna says, uh, world series for sure. Jerry says the women's college world series. Brad says the world series, Angie super bowl. Nathan says super bowl is his bucket list thing. Uh, Jennifer said an Olympic event. I, I agree. That would be really, really, really fun to do. Jeff says super bowl. Uh, Aaron says, taking my son to a Red Sox game. Yes, that would be pretty awesome. I, I went to Wrigley for the first time a couple years ago, and, and I've been to Fenway, both incredible places. Gabriel says, a College World Series. John says, the 24 Hours of Le Mans. That would be really, really cool. Uh, that would be definitely cool. I don't know how, how the best place, best way to view that event. It just sounds like it would be a fun event. Uh, Cheryl says, the World Series. No, Cole says, Super Bowl, but with the Packers. Little League World Series, that would definitely be a fun event. So um, really, really good stuff. Olympic ice skating event, uh, Leslie. Um, a friend of mine actually was uh, got a silver medal in ice skating. Not ice skating, but in, uh, in speed skating, which I thought was really cool. Ron says Formula One racing in Monaco. That's definitely on my list. I think that would be really, really fun uh, to do. The Daytona 500 NBA Finals. You guys are all over the place with some really good. Scott makes me laugh with uh, Cornhole Championships. Uh, that's pretty cool. So lots of lots of really good uh, events. JT says the NFC Championship game at Lambeau. That would be pretty awesome. NBA Finals. Kentucky Derby. Jerry says Kentucky Derby. That would be a, definitely a bucket list thing. I would love to do that. So Lots of lots of good bucket list things. If you're just tuning in, uh, we had a question in the morning and the question in the morning was one, let me know where you're tuning in from. Uh, we've got people from all over the world. I think our furthest person this morning is from Scotland. Uh, our furthest person East in the United States from California, where I'm at is probably, um, Maryland. I think Maryland's our furthest person. So, uh, Jeannie said, and then our question of the day was, what's the one sporting event on your bucket list that you haven't been able to check off yet? Uh, Jeannie says the Tour de France. That sound, that seems pretty cool. If you haven't watched the Lance Armstrong special on uh, ESPN, I highly recommend it. Uh, you may not become a, you may not be a fan of Lance Armstrong anymore, but it is a very interesting, interesting show. So, uh, thanks you guys for those questions. If you're just tuning in, hit that like button, hit that share button. We're going for 300 likes this morning, and as I look up on the board, I show 166 likes. So we got to get that like button. Slam it, tap it dance on it, do something with it, hit that like button, hit that share button. I appreciate you guys very much. And I love seeing where you guys are tuning in from. Uh, John's in New York. Jeannie's in uh, Huntington Beach. Uh, great place to be right now in the summer. Uh, uh, Ashley's in, in Clovis, not too far away from Fresno. Don's in Fremont, which is about 45 minutes from my house. Oh, you guys are awesome. Thanks for hitting that like button. Hit that like button. The, I'm seeing 265 likes. Awesome. Appreciate it. Antonio's in San Diego, one of my favorite places in the whole world. And Tony's in Nashville, again, one of my favorite places in the world, especially for food. Uh, if you like fried chicken, uh, Nashville is a spot for that for sure. Uh, lots of I've had lots of good fried chicken there. So This morning, let's get into our Dear Coach segment. Let's get into our Dear Coach segment this morning. Uh, if you don't know what the Dear Coach segment is, our Dear Coach segment is uh, a segment where I read a story from my book, Dear Coach, which is real emails from parents behaving badly on the field, at home, and behind their computer screens. These are real stories. These are real emails and submissions. And 99% of them are very funny. Uh, make, they make you laugh. But some of them are really tragic and sad. And there's a lot of life lessons to learn from these things. So uh, as much as you can, you know, I, li I like to share these. I like to share these stories with you guys and give some life lessons with it too. So, this morning's dear coach segment, like I said, today is the craziest story in the book to me. It's the craziest email in the entire book. Uh, and so, and if 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 you'd like to know more about the book, you can search for it, dear coach, on Amazon. Uh, I appreciate so many of you that have bought it in the month of June. Uh, it keeps climbing up the bestsellers list. Uh, it's been in the top 20 for sports coaching books in June, uh, and that's really awesome, and I really, really appreciate the, the support. Remember that 100% of the proceeds of this book uh, are donated to the BASE Foundation. You can learn more about them at the BASE um, 
Org. So really, really great stuff. And I know a lot of you uh, have said things like, I love that book. It was really funny. And like I said, the feedback and the reviews. Uh, if you did buy the book and you do like it, uh, Tracy, I expect to see a review, a five-star review from you on that Amazon. So go back to Amazon, type in a really short five-star review uh, and help us out with that. And that would be awesome. And I appreciate uh, everyone who's done that. So today's Dear Coach segment, let's get right into it, okay? This was an email I've got from a dad. It says, Dear Coach Lyle, the email below is from a 10U softball parent who did not take it well when I suggested to the team that in lieu of tie-dyeing our uniforms at an upcoming Saturday pool party, we instead try to make them look like Hawaiian shirts by painting palm trees on them. Remember, these are 10-year-old girls. I also promised the coaches would wear matching Hawaiian shirts at our next tournament. And it was just kind of a really fun idea of uh, doing this. I thought it was really fun for 10-year-olds. And here's the email. It says, Dear Coach, On the way home from practice, Tina repeated to me what you said about the fact that you and the other coaches were going to wear Hawaiian shirts at the next tournament. I actually waited 24 hours, cool down time, to address your vile comments made in front of my daughter. I love this league and all the relationships our family has built in the name of good sportsmanship. And I'm questioning how your comment, again, in front of my daughter, aligns with the league's ideals of fostering good moral fibers in sports. As for the shirts, I'm the top realtor in North Florida, and the Hawaiian shirts that I wear are my trademark look. My wife heard from Tina what you said, not from me, I downplayed it, and she wanted Tina off your team. It's good that you take time to coach, but if I hear any crap come from your mouth in the presence of these girls again, I'm going to be all over it. I will be speaking to the league about this incident. Loose lips sink ships. You may be too young to have heard that. It means to be careful what comes out of your mouth. It might hurt someone a lot. Sincerely, Trademark Dad. And Wes Mulbash did a really great... Uh, Illustration for the book right here uh, that shows the Hawaiian shirt guy, North Florida's top realtor, and the little asterisk says, among realtors who wear Hawaiian shirts. I mean, I just like, I, I had to read that email literally three times to me. It was just, it was totally incredible story about a coach who, who's coaching 10-year-old girls, thought it would be fun in the summer. The girls wanted to tie-dye their shirts for a tournament. He said, hey, instead of doing that, Let's let's do Hawaiian shirts instead. And the coaches can wear Hawaiian shirts to the tournament. And which you know, if you are a middle-aged coach or uh, you know a guy, that's that's what we, we go to a stage where we start wearing you know uh, Tommy Bahama and uh, Hawaiian shirts and stuff. And I think the coaches just thought it'd be fun. And his dad literally thought that because of that, they, he was taking a shot at them and making fun of him. And you know that's his trademark thing. And I'm just like, it just it blew my mind that that was a thing. And, and so, and that he would take it like personally and seriously. So, you know, for me, I just thought that was really, really funny. I, I you know, uh, to me, you know, Robin, like Robin says right here, uh, you know, people need to stop taking life so seriously. Two of the coaches on my daughter's hockey team agreed to dye their hair if the team won a game after a tough season. And that was the inspiration they needed. And I'll tell you what, I coached a team uh, in 2006-ish, my high school baseball team I coached for a spring tournament. Uh, some of the players dyed their hair, uh, bleached their hair. So I have a picture of it on my Facebook. I'll have to find it. But all the coaches, and I had an older assistant who, uh, who was in his 60s, who we all bleached our hair blonde, the entire team, for this tournament. We looked stupid and crazy. We ended up winning the tournament. It was a lot of fun, but uh, you know, those are things that coaches do to be fun. You gotta, you gotta have some fun. So, you know, to me, uh, that would be really hard. And, I, and and John makes a good point. He said, "I would be so tempted to reply to that one." I agree, and it's like I don't even know how I would respond to that. Like, I, you know, maybe a phone call and just say, "Hey, man, we're we're just trying to have fun. It wasn't something personal about you." So. Hey, you know, like I said, many of you have dealt with that before. And so, uh, you know, 
there's some crazy parents out there and that, that's what the point whole point of that book is to share some funny stories some crazy emails uh and i appreciate some of you that have sent me crazy emails and stories it, it always it always makes my day when they're when they're really funny so thank you guys for sharing that so uh for today's main topic for today's main topic uh, i want to talk about athletes taking ownership of their athletic journey like I said, it's going to be geared more towards high school kids or older kids. Um, but I, but I want to share, and I think it'll be helpful for a lot of parents out there. So, um, let's talk about ownership, uh, ownership for athletes and how to take ownership in their, of their journey. And I'll tell you, you know, as a coach, you know, we're expected to do a lot of things for our athletes. Uh, we need to help them be the best they can be. We want to help them perform the best they can be. Um, but really, this is only possible if the athletes take ownership of their own journey. They take ownership of their own role, ownership of their their season. So, you know, um, coaches and parents, you know, are you working harder than your athlete to have success? That that to me, that is a big issue. If if the coaches and the parents are taking more ownership of the athlete's uh, journey than they are themselves. If that's the case, that means your athlete's not taking ownership. And that's kind of the point of this uh, this talk this morning is I want to share some tips for you to figure out how to take the journey away from the parents and coaches and give ownership to the athletes. And so that, and I'll tell you what, when the athlete takes ownership of the journey versus the parents and the coach, that athlete's journey is much, much better. It's more successful. Uh, and we don't want the athlete to rely on everything for the coach or everything for their parents. They're not really investing in their future if the parent or the coach is doing all the things. Uh, and, you know, obviously, uh, if you're investing time and effort into an into your athlete, so if you're a coach or a parent, you're putting a lot of time in, um, you know, you want to see the athlete match that effort. We want them to, to match that investment that you're putting in. Uh, and so if it's all parent driven and it's not athlete driven, we got to do something about it. So uh, I want to talk about the steps uh, for the kind of steps of the athlete to take ownership. So the first thing that needs to happen is athletes need to figure out uh, their blaming tendencies. Uh, for me, a big part of um, I've been a parent for 23 years. Uh, I've been a coach for 22 years. To me, the biggest shift that I have noticed in the last 10 years of coaching, and maybe it's just something I didn't notice before, but I'm noticing uh, the blame game a lot more and, and less and less taking ownership by athletes, high school and college athletes I'm talking about. I, I you know It was somebody else's fault. This happened to me, this circumstance. Uh, ownership is not taken. It's more about somebody else's fault. Uh, my, my coach didn't like me. The teacher doesn't like me. Uh, this person did this to me. Uh, and uh, the, the tendency for a lot of, of youth athletes that I've coached is to blame other for their circumstances. And it's often like this knee-jerk reaction, like automatic blame. And they go right to it. And so, you know, parents you know, and athletes that are listening, I want you guys to start noticing, uh, and parents do it too. Trust me, parents, uh, adults, we do it a lot too. You know, um, throughout your day, count the number of times you put blame on somebody else or an external circumstance uh, and, and, and see... Do you have a posture of blame and fault and, and blaming somebody else or blaming different situations? So take some inventory of that. To me, that's a big thing. The blame game, uh, automatically going to complaining or blaming someone else um, versus taking ownership of it and looking how to solve the problem. I, you know, I think for me right now, a conversation that I'm having with my older kids is, Instead of complaining about the situation, complaining is easy. We all complain. Oh, I don't like this. Uh, I think today in the in the uh, world of social media and society and the changes we want to see with with race and politics and things like this, it's easy to sit behind your keyboard and complain. But to look for ways how to solve the problem, that's where we really want to get to. So, therefore, the 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 first step to ownership. Is to, to is to notice these things. Take inventory of when you do this. Do you blame that? Do you do you realize that? Kind of like um, the first step is um, you know acknowledging it, uh, acknowledge that the part that we play in that, and see. Um, so my encouragement and my challenge to you when it comes to the blame game today, this week, this season, athletes. The next time things don't go your way, 
or an unfortunate situation happens, take a moment to assess your own contribution by asking, what is my role in this? I'll tell you guys a story. This is probably four or five years ago. We had the end of we had our fall end of fall meetings with our player athletes, and every uh, fall we do this as a college coach. We sit down, we talk to them, and I had an athlete who got in trouble at a party, uh, and let's just say the police were involved. They 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 were partying too much. They got in big trouble, and uh, sitting down with her. Uh, for 15 minutes, she kept just blaming everyone else. Oh, well, this has happened to me. This has happened to me. Uh, my teacher, this. And I kept trying to tell her, okay, what was your role in it? What could have you done differently? And she would not take ownership. She literally would, could not get to a place where she was like, well, maybe if I had done this, this would have turned out better. Uh, it was everybody else's fault. And I mean, tears are streaming down her face as they continue to try to f- figure out how to navigate for her what could have you done differently? What was your role in this? And she would not own it. And I'm just like, me and the other coach are looking at each other like, this is a huge issue for you. This is a big, big problem when you notice that your, your grades aren't doing well, you're, you're at these parties, you get into a fight at this party is what happened, and you're not taking any ownership of any of it. And it was everyone else's fault. All that to say, five years down the road, I've got a good relationship with this player still. It wasn't a bad uh, thing. I think she's really grown up. But in that moment, I was just really, really sad for her because she could not figure out how to take ownership of that. So, <clears throat> you know, our tendency as as people, in my experience, and I'm the same way, I think our athletes and parents were this way, our tendency automatically when things happen is to complain and blame other people. And understand that it's 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 kind of this victim mentality that we we have. We this, we get this victim mentality. So I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you this season. You know, uh, when you hear yourself complaining in your head, you start thinking about I'm going to complain about this situation. I want you to rephrase that into What can I learn from this? What can I learn from this? What's the bigger picture? What is the problem solving I can go to this? And so. Uh, you know, an ex- a really good exercise to help with this mindset switch, if this is something that you really struggle with, is to write down uh, possible resolutions. So let's say there's something going on in your life, uh, in, your, in your journey as an athlete, and you're like, I'm frustrated with this. It's The coach is this. Um, you want to blame people. This is challenging. Sit down and start writing down, hey, you know what? what? What are some ways that I can solve this problem? What are some ways that I can take ownership? How can I... Uh, solve this and start right working through problem solving okay and so that for me that would be a big big thing on the on the blame game you know athletes don't leave it on your coach don't put it on your parents uh you know athletes you need to to learn how to stop blaming stop complaining and when you can apply this to yourself and you start getting away from that honestly you're just going to feel more joy in your life you're going to feel happier about your journey when you take ownership of it and you, you're going to feel more invested in your journey. So parents, when you can teach them how to stop complaining and stop blaming and start focusing on this, they are way more motivated to reach their goals. They're way more motivated to reach their goals. So, and so, you know, what, what it really comes down to is leadership and, and, and athletes, we want you to be, we want you to become good leaders. And so, you know, leaders take ownership, <clears throat> you know, and so, the biggest thing as a leader, if you want to be a leader on your team, you want to be a leader uh, at the next level, you you know, the biggest thing about leadership is taking ownership, okay? It's not, uh, it's, it is your fault. Do not pass blame. It's on you. If you want something to change on your team or in your life, take control of it, take ownership of it. The more you blame a teammate, a coach, uh, someone else on the team, <clears throat> a situation, practice, the less you're taking ownership of it, the less you're being a leader, okay? Uh, and so it is essential for a leader to really, really think about problem solving. What is the objective? What do I want to reach? What are the goals? And uh, from a team aspect, not just you aspect, because as a leader, when the team is is uh, doing this, you are also getting better. So, <clears throat> and you have to understand that mostly risk when it comes to risk, risk can't be controlled. 
Okay. In a lot of ways, when you take a risk on something, you know, uh, it can't always be controlled. So only focus on the things that you can control. And then understand that taking ownership is realizing you can't fix everything. Sometimes in our lives and on our teams, we have so many problems, so many things are going on. We can't take ownership of everything, but we can take ownership of the things that we can control. So understand that, take control of the things that you can take control of if you wanna be a leader. And, and, and to me, uh, you know, the goal of a leader should be to lead others to be like you and, and to be accountable to your leadership and outwork uh, those things. So I want to give a couple lessons for leaders around ownership. So, you know, uh, you can blame everybody. You can blame the practice, the coach, your parents, uh, your teacher. There's so many things that you can blame. Okay. But understand that at the end of the day, you are accountable for the success in your career, in your life, in your sports journey. And a true leader owns that outcome. So when things go wrong, you have to take ownership. No excuses no more excuses. Okay. On any team in any organization, uh, the leader must own everything in their world, everything they can control. Uh, the leader must acknowledge their mistakes. Acknowledging your mistakes is one of the hardest parts of, of the journey. Uh, when you failed, you made a mistake, you messed up, you got to own that. And it's hard. Uh, it's hard as adults. It's hard as kids. We've got to learn how to do that. Okay. Uh, and understand that, uh, something I learned from Jocko Willick is that Discipline equals freedom. Discipline equals freedom. Athletes, when you understand that, when you have a routine, when you're disciplined, uh, you know this is probably the most important quality when it comes to ownership and leadership because it's it's a it's a matter of personal will. It's a matter of uh, your own self. You know you can't people can't make the routine for you. They can't discipline for you. It's the difference between being good and being great. Discipline. Okay, because you can get motivated. My talk to this morning might motivate you to stop blaming and it might stop doing, but showing up every day and working on it, being disciplined, even when you don't want to do it, that's what is the difference between being good and great. Motivation can take you this far, but discipline can take you this far if you're willing to do that. So discipline gives you freedom and, and you got to understand that. And so uh, for me, one of the best ways to do that is setting goals. Uh, athletes, you need to, you know, coaches and parents, we want to have some goals for our kids. We want to have a set of expectations of, for the team, for the team rules, whatever the thing is. And, and coaches, you need to do a really good job in a team setting of the first day of practice, the first team meeting. These are what the expectations are on and off the field. This is what I expect of you. And if your athletes don't know those expectations, you know, they're not going to live up to them. That's the biggest thing you got to understand. They're not going to live up to your expectations if you don't communicate them very clearly. And athletes, and they're not going to take ownership of them. If, if I don't know what the expectations or the goals are of this team, uh, it's going to be hard for me to take ownership of them. So, you know, set those goals and expectations for your team to give them uh, ownership of it. And, and, and you understand that parents and coaches, that goal setting, it's more than just a mental tool for athletes. It's the foundation of a good partnership, a good relationship, uh, where the coach and parent and the coach, I mean, the coach and the kid or the parent and the kid, uh, have this relationship of accountability because they both said, these are the goals that we have. And, or the athlete has said, these are my goals. And now the parent can help to keep them accountable to it. The coach can help the athlete, uh, be accountable to it. So, uh, it's a great goal setting is just a great way to build foundation of, of relationship accountability. I think it's really, really important. And the athletes, you need to think about the season ahead and what is it that you really want? What's your, what are your main goals? What are your small goals? What are your intermediate goals? What are your long-term goals? And setting these goals uh, allow you to take ownership way more because you're invested in it. Uh, you have a plan, you have a goal versus just going at it. So, High school athletes, especially, this is your time to start building out those goals. Take actions, okay? And here, here's the deal. Uh, you know, one of the hardest parts, I think, for athletes and ownership is, you know, you've got to be prepared for letting it go. You know, uh, parents, especially parents, part of this, uh, part of that journey is that you might have to just let it go. Uh, you know, I think a lot of kids right around, 12 to 15, 16 in that range, 
they stop loving the sport and they stop they don't want to play it anymore or the parents have made it miserable or they just have other interests now um and you know we've, we've set these goals you have these expectations and the athletes say you know what uh you know, I'm really not into this anymore, and I don't really want to do it too much. I'm stressed out. I'm, you know, my parents drive me crazy. I don't like it. And at some point in that journey, you've got to recognize that. And and for some athletes, uh, there's going to be a time that the the, the 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 career ends. And for parents, you know, that we we as parents, we want it to be when they're 35 years old, retiring from the pros, uh, or you know, at the end of their college career, 21, 22 years old. But for some of our kids. It ends at 15 or 16 years old, and that's okay. If an athlete hates the sport, they're not enjoying it, they've, they've got other interests, they're into uh, music or art or something else, that's okay. Uh, and if we can agree, you know, if you can agree that what's best for your kid is the most important thing, you know, letting go of it can be okay. So athletes, you know, it is okay at some point in your journey to let it go and say, you know what? My, those were my goals. Those were my dreams. Uh, I've worked at it for this really long, but now, you know what? I really, I really love singing or I love, um, you know, art and I really, really want to invest in that now. And parents, we just have to be honest. Uh, we got to face it. Not everyone holds a lifetime interest in a sport or subject. For me, you know, in my career, things have changed a lot and I've, and I've, and I have jumped around to different things and different interests. And, you know, I look, I think back to my kids, my, my, my older kids, you know, my daughters were into dolls and playing dolls for a little bit and, and train sets. And, uh, they were, then they were into roller skating for a little bit. They were into this for a little bit. They were into that a little bit. And, uh, you know, I think about my oldest daughter, she was into Harry Potter, uh, for a, a lot and American girls, like we grow out of our interests and we move into different interests and that, and that's okay. Uh, so it's not always just burnout. Uh, sometimes you just they just love something else, and I think that the loss of interest is a natural thing. Like not every parent that's going to happen, so it's okay to let that go a little bit and 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 try to tune in for that and, and be pay attention to that. So, and parents and athletes, like you've got to understand parents, especially. I'm talking to you. You've got to support your athletes when it comes to that. You know, some of our athletes, they've uh, done it. And you know what? Sometimes they take a break and after a year, they come back and say, you know what? I really missed that sport and I loved it and uh, I want to come back to it. So uh, it's okay, parents, to let go of the sport and their journey. You're, you're going to survive. Your kids are going to move on to other things and great things. Their identity uh, is not wrapped up in that sport. I promise you their identity should be wrapped up in who they are as your son or daughter. And that's where their identity is and not their identity, uh, as an athlete. And so sometimes we just got to let them go, move on to the next thing and support them in that next thing. And, and to me, uh, letting go is a huge part of the ownership piece and, and athletes, I think, uh, sometimes athletes hold on for another year or two beyond because they don't want to let their parents down. Uh, you, you know, again, you're not taking ownership. It's on your parents. You know what? My, my mom will be so devastated if I quit, so I can't do it. That's not good. Athletes, if you're in a situation where you're, it's time to let it go, you're going to have to sit down and talk to your parents about it. Talk to your coach about it. I, I had to do that my senior year of high school with basketball. I was the sixth man off the bench. My body was tired from year-round sports and playing four sports in high school. And I wanted to focus on football and baseball. And I sat down with my coach and I, I said, hey, I got to let basketball go. I love it. Uh, and I love being on this team, but I got to let it go. So uh, for me, that was a big, that's a big, big thing. Um, so let's, talk, let's, let's finish up this morning with this. Taking ownership means standing up and announcing that you're responsible for executing a particular thing, okay? Like your journey. You're saying, mom, dad, coach, I'm taking ownership of this. Uh, it's, it's my turn to take ownership of it. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to be accountable for this. And these are my goals. And I'm going to start taking ownership of my journey. So taking responsibility of your thoughts, your actions. Uh, and it can be hard. Athletes, I'm telling you, if you're a high school athlete, college athlete, parent, Taking responsibility is hard. Okay, it just that's just life. It is hard, uh, and it requires uh, a, a posture of learning from your mistakes and owning the mistakes and owning your failures. And and nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to own their failures and say, "Man, I really failed at this. I sucked at this, uh, and I, I hate it. I'm competitive. I want to win. I hate losing. I hate that, and I want to blame somebody else." Uh, and but. 
When you get to a point where you've learned from your mistakes, you own your successes and your fails, and you stop blaming others, there's this freedom that comes with it. There's this joy, and your journey really, really develops. And so by taking ownership, your journey builds it builds character. It builds grit. It builds resilience. It builds this relentlessness. I look back at my career and my life and all the roadblocks that I've had. I've been homeless. I've been at rock bottom a few times. And and taking ownership of those things has really built and, and owning the mistakes that I've made in my life has built this resiliency. It's built this relentless in me for excellence, for success that keeps driving me uh, to do more. So it allows you to proactively create a fulfilling, meaningful, healthy life where you get to decide how you respond to your things. You get to decide how you respond, uh, successes and failures. So once you understand that the quality of our life is largely influenced by our mindset and our focus and our actions, we get the freedom uh, to choose our responses. So uh, the biggest takeaway you can have from all this uh, today, when you get done with this, if you're listening to this, if you're watching this today, is to look yourself in the mirror and say, where can I do better from an ownership standpoint? Okay, and taking ownership instead of blaming others, finding excuses, or denying that the problem exists. Denial is a big part of it too. And understanding that a lot of that is about checking your ego. It's checking your ego and letting that go. So athletes, take ownership of your journey. Own your decisions, be willing to fail, and become the change you want to see in yourself. All right, guys, thank you very much for listening today about athletes taking ownership. I hope that really, really helped with you guys this morning. If you're just tuning in, uh, thank you for tuning in. We just finished up our topic on athletes taking ownership. I would love to hear what you guys think about that topic and and the things that I said, if you agree with those things or disagreed. Uh, If you're just tuning in this morning also, uh, do me a favor, please, 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 please hit the like button, a little click on that like button. Uh, My scoreboard shows 815 likes, so some of you are hitting that button a lot. Uh, Hit that like button. If you really like the show and you feel like, hey, Coach Lyle is providing some value to to myself and to people, do me a favor and hit that share button and share it out to the the people uh, that follow you and that are connected with you on Facebook. Uh, It it helps us to get to spread the word more about uh, these life lessons that we're trying to teach. So thank you for that. Uh, If you're just tuning in, if you're just tuning in right now and you missed everything this morning, we just talked about athletes taking ownership. Uh, You can go later and listen to this on Apple Podcasts and and Spotify Podcasts. This will be up on youtube.com slash Coach Lyle later today. And the question of the day for you guys, if you're just tuning in, let me know where you're tuning in from. I just, I I love seeing where you guys tune in. Uh, Like I said, this morning, we've got people from Scotland, California, uh, Sweden. We've got people from uh, Canada tuning in this morning, all over the globe. It just, like I said, it fills my tank a little bit. It fills my cup. But seeing you guys tuning in from all over the world, let me know where you guys are tuning in from. And I love seeing the familiar faces on this show. So thank you guys for that very much. Uh, and the question of the day was for you guys, if you haven't answered it yet, if you haven't answered the question of the day, the question of the day was what is the one sporting event on your bucket list that you have not checked off? And for me, it was a combination of, uh, the masters, uh, probably number one, the Olympics and world cup. Those are probably the things for me, uh, that I really want to do it. So, uh, thank you guys very much for all that. We're going to go into our Q and a session next. We're going to go to Q&A next. Uh, so for Q&A this morning, I'm going to put 10 minutes on the shot clock. Uh, and if any questions you guys have this morning, let's get them in. Uh, it can be about anything, any topic under the sun that's family friendly. Uh, and I'm, I'm willing to answer them to the best of my ability. Uh, hopefully you're sharing some coffee with, with me this morning. Uh, and so I appreciate all of your, everybody. Uh, Antonio says, rad mug. Thank you. My father's day gift for my kids and my wife, uh, this year. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Mike says, uh, the Olympics are definitely a sport. He's been to Augusta a few times. Incredible. Mike, I am jealous of you, uh, to do it a few times is incredible. Uh, that's pretty awesome. So, uh, wow. That's awesome. So, Kenny says, uh, going to the Women's College World Series, that seems really cool. The Baseball World Series never attended. That seems like uh, obviously a very awesome experience. 
I've never been, but I, I know that would be fun as well. Uh, so thank you guys. I appreciate it very much. Angie, appreciate the love uh, on that segment. Thank you. Michael, I like you too. I appreciate that very much. Uh, Cynthia, great to see you. Tuning in from New Jersey. So I'm going to put 10 minutes on the shot clock right now. Let's get our questions going. Uh, does anybody have any questions this morning? Uh, before we get to that, Austin, I got to give Austin a shout out. It's got to be the furthest person away from us this morning in South Australia. Uh, my wife spent a year in Australia in college and keeps telling me we got to go there. So my goal for the next year or two is to go to Australia. Uh, Evan asked, what is the best drill to help uh, speed in a ball player? Uh, to me, if you're talking about just athleticism and speed and running, doing sprints is the best way to increase speed. Uh, sprint, sprinting work and form work is the best way to do that. Um, so that's really uh, one of the best ways to do it. Antonio, thanks for that. I appreciate the love uh, on the message, and I appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to me in my long talks. Sandra says, I love the talks and your T-shirts. Uh, baseballism, again, huge shout-out to Baseballism for for all the shirts they give me. Uh, my Beast Mode shirt this morning, big fan of, so thank you uh, for that. Uh, questions this morning. Uh, Pablo asks, ownership with the young ones. What I see is the parents that have an issue with it and with the older kids um, is the kids that have been fluffed with false expectations. What say you when it falls into deaf ears? Uh, I think... <clears throat> You know, I, again, as coaches and parents, uh, we've, we've, got to, we've got to communicate more. We've got to sit down and talk more. We can't just fire off emails or team meetings and, and not have connectedness. The more connectedness we, we, we are, the more relationship we have, uh, the better for that. So uh, communication probably is the key there. Uh, Dave asks, how do you deal with the league board of directors who stand by toxic parents? In fact, they are among them, and they do not support coaches even when the coaches are clearly right. I had toxic parents who were verbally abusive to the kids on our team, and the board league members insisted on working with them on their terms. Man, that is really tough. So if you're in a local league and, and like you're stuck in that league, you can't move to another league, and you're stuck in that situation, it's really difficult. Uh, to me, Dave, the, the, the best thing that I, I would advise you to do, if, if I'm in those shoes is the, the word that I always use is uh, if you're in a situation you can't get out of, like you're like I said, your local league, and um, be the light in the darkness. And, and to me what that means is just do everything you can to be the light when, and, and shine things on the things that are right and do the next right thing. And so to me, the biggest way to do that is to step up and speak up for the right things to do with something and, and, and stand up for what is right at all times. And, and at the end of the day, you know, they might push back on you. Uh, they might not like it, but speaking the truth, standing up for what is right is always the right thing to do. Uh, and, and sometimes it's exhausting. It's terrible. But Dave, if you stand up for what's right, uh, with all these toxic parents and the board of directors, and you keep standing up for what's right, eventually someone's going to see that and they're going to pick up on that and you're going to get one more person to believe in that and it's going to spread and it can be contagious. So my best advice is uh, in a terrible situation like that, always stand up for what's right, do what's right. And I promise you uh, at the end of the day, at least you will know that you did everything you could uh, for that. Uh, Antonio asks, how do you feel about games, showcase, and tournaments being played now given the current world events? Man, it's really tough. COVID this year, I think, and I think we're getting the second spike right now. You know, to me, uh, it's about mitigating risk. And I, I'm not talking about risk for your kids. Uh, you know, that, that is a huge part. I think, that, you know, for everybody out there, you've got to do what's com comfortable for you. I'm not a huge fan of the tournaments and showcases and games right now. I understand why parents are doing it. I understand why kids are doing it, and I, I battle that tension. My wife and I talk about this all the time. We're not ready for that. Uh, our kids aren't. Uh, we're not super comfortable with our kids out playing there. And again, it's not about just our kids being sick. You know, the the recovery rates are 99.9 percent. .9%, but you know, uh, my kids have grandparents uh, that we like. We want to see, and we and. Uh, my parents are still alive. My wife's parents are still alive. I have a grandmother who's still alive that I went and visited last week, and and like it's 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 tough. Uh, and so you know, uh, I would just say it's it's a difficult difficult time. I think parents just gotta have to be really comfortable with what they're doing, 
And it, parents, if you're not comfortable with doing games and showcases and tournaments right now in the in the in the in the midst of what's going on in the world, that's okay. You're gonna survive. You can play in the backyard. You can work on your game in the garage. You can still get better. You can still enjoy the sport in different ways. And I, and, and the world is going to get back to normal. We're going to get there fast, hopefully faster than uh, things. in a year from now, hopefully, we're like, wow, man, you know, uh, we're in a better place now. Uh, but for me, uh, you, you got to be comfortable with what you're doing. So we've got five minutes on the shot clock. Get your questions in this morning. Uh, Mike asks a question. Runners on the corners, one out. Up, up by one, bottom of the ninth. Kidding. Uh, that's a good, that was, you had me going. I was really concentrating on what the scenario was there. Uh, Mike asks, how do you help a kid that may not see the bigger picture in terms of being a leader but has leadership qualities? You know, to me, I would sit them down and, and, and talk to them about that. I would really praise those qualities. You know, if it was my daughter, I'd say, man, you do this really, really well. This is great leadership qualities. And I know maybe you don't feel like you want to be a leader, but, you know, I, it would, to me, it would be a baby step leadership and, and figure out, you know, one, here's one way that you can be a leader this week at practice or the season and build into it. For a lot of kids, especially if they're introverts or they're not wired that way, but uh, leadership and, and from an upward standpoint, it can be difficult. But if you can just find little things for them, uh, I think that would be really great. So, um, you know, for me, that would be one thing, one thing. Ted says, thanks coach for the wisdom on dealing with failure. The team lost badly on Sunday and I had to catch myself and stay positive. Good. And you gotta understand Ted, you know, I've lost hundreds of games in my career. Uh, it's terrible. Uh, and so, but guess what? You know, it, you'll, you'll move on. You'll forget about it. Angie says, I attended the special Olympics in Los Angeles, life changing. That's awesome. I have a 30 year old brother who has down syndrome, who is, uh, is actually a really, really good athlete, incredibly strong. If you, if you, are, uh, know a down syndrome, uh, person, you'll, you know, that they're, they're very strong. So, um, you know, uh, that's awesome. Special Olympics is really, really awesome. Michael says, are you a fan of small ball in little league? No, I'm not. I'm not a fan of small ball. I don't like bunting. I think athletes need to learn how to do it. I think in high school and college, uh, I, I love bunting for base hits and I think it can be done. Um, the definition of small ball I think is weird, but so bunting for a base hit, I'm all for it. Sacrifice bunting, uh, at the lower levels. Uh, it's ludicrous. I, I want the kids to have fun. I, and I, I'm not, I just don't think, I just don't think that's a good idea. Uh, Manny asked coach tips on dealing with failure and taking responsibility with young kids, eight to 12 year olds. Uh, I like their passion, but their emotions seem to overwhelm them when they strike out or make an error. Uh, I did a whole segment last week on failure. If you go to youtube.com slash coach Lyle, you can see that there. I talk about that in great deal. Uh, you know, to me, it's really about giving them permission to fail. A lot of times kids, they get overwhelmed with emotion from failure because, uh, they think that, uh, their parents are going to be mad at them. The coach is going to be mad at them. They don't have permission to fail and they don't want to get in trouble. Uh, they don't want to disappoint people. And so, uh, if you can give them permission to fail, uh, that's one of the things that I think is really important. Robert says, my son is loving The Hitting Vault. Uh, if you haven't checked it out before, my website, thehittingvault.com, uh, teaches everything for coaches, athletes, and parents about hitting. It's an incredible process that I've built over the last five years, and so uh, hopefully uh, that's given you some value. So check out thehittingvault.com. Uh, he says, great message of all things can be fixed with work and only work. He is reading your book on game day right now. Thank you very much. How should he engage his coach about the process and why is he doing and why he is doing things a little different than normal in the cage? I, I, again, communication is key. It, it'll take your son five minutes before practice or after practice. Say, hey, hey, coach, I want to tell you about the stuff that I'm doing. Uh, here's the things that I'm working on. Uh, and the coach might say, oh, man, that's really cool. Oh, maybe we'll do that as a team. I can tell you right now, I've had athletes come to me with ideas before that I've said, that's a great idea. I'm going to implement that. That's, uh, a good coach will do that. So have your son take five minutes before practice, after practice, at some process and say, coach, these are the things I'm working on. It might help us as a team, uh, but I just want to let you know what I'm working on. And I think there's some good uh, conversation there. Okay. <clears throat> 
John asks, why are you changing the format with Co Coffee with Coach Lyle? So just so you guys know, uh, this Coffee with Coach Lyle show uh, takes me like three, four, sometimes five hours a day to do. And if you didn't know by now, uh, it literally brings me zero dollars. I, I don't make a single penny from this. And uh, living in California and being single income with five kids and a stay-at-home wife, uh, just so you guys know, I can't d give four to five hours of my day uh, every day to this show. So... That is the biggest thing, and, and I, I want it to evolve into something even better. Uh, so uh, I want to involve it into a really good show, something that with higher production value. And, and so for me, that is the biggest reason why tomorrow is the last show of the Coach Lyle, Coffee with Coach Lyle show. And I'll still do some of these live things. I just can't do it five days a week. Uh, Angie, awesome. Some with Down syndrome. I can tell you, in our family, we, I've got, uh, I'm the oldest of seven kids. And, and my brother Daniel has been the biggest blessing in our family. Uh, if you have someone that has Down syndrome in your family, you know how much of a blessing they are. All right. Last question of the morning comes from Celeste. Celeste asks, what would you say to an athlete who has never, who has never practiced in a position they want to play at practice, then placed in that position in a game and underperforms in her eyes because of pressure they feel due to the lack of confidence? Okay. So if, that, if my kid, uh, you know, uh, has never practiced playing catcher before and they're put at catcher and they, and they play in the game and they're not good at it and they don't perform well, I'm going to kind of laugh it off. I'm going to tell them, Hey, you did a great job of just doing that. Just like just stepping into that role without complaining to, is, is an incredible thing. So for me, that would be the biggest thing to do would be to just praise them for trying something new and then say, Hey, what did you think about that? Is that something you want to practice? And if my son or daughter, like again, again, I'll use the example of playing catcher, uh, and they underperformed and, and you're, and I, I would say, talk to your coach. Is this something you think that's going to happen more and more? And the coach says, yeah, you know what? We're going to try to use you at catcher more Then I'm going to take them in the backyard and work with them as much as they can at getting better at that position, building the confidence in them, give them some tips, give them some ownership and say, okay, man, if you want to play catcher, you know, here's what you got to do. Those are the things that I would do. But in that moment, in that situation, after that game or practice, I would say, hey, just be just be grateful for the opportunity that you were given and a great job for accepting that opportunity. So uh, for me, I, uh, that would be the biggest thing that I would do. So uh, again, if you're just tuning in, thank you very much for tuning in. We're coming to the very end of our show here. Um, and as we wrap up Q&A this morning, I always want to give you guys a, a tip of the day, a quote of the day that I think will help you guys out a lot. Uh, our topic of the day that we talked about this morning was athletes taking ownership of their journey. Parents, it's really good for you. Uh, you could even show that video to your high school or college kids. Uh, hit that like button. If you're just tuning in or you've really enjoyed today's show, hit the like button for me. Hit that share button for me if you can. Uh, and I really appreciate that very much. So thank you that. And if somehow you just tuned in right now and you missed the entire show, let me know where you're tuning in from. And the question of the day for you guys was, what was the one sporting event on your bucket list that you have not done yet? So I want to hear from you guys. Where are you tuning in from? And very uh, and what was your bucket list thing? So Ruben, uh, thank you. I really appreciate the feedback. Again, uh, you know, I use the term fill my cup. Uh, your guys' um, you know, words of encouragement and words of affirmation fill my cup every morning. And I appreciate the, the kind words. Uh, so thank you so much for me, um, you know, your guys' love. So thanks for giving the love. Thanks. Thank you guys for hitting that like button. Thanks for hitting that share button. Um, so let's get into today's quote of the day. Uh, this is a tweet from Zach Fleer, and I really, I really thought this was really great, uh, especially, especially from yesterday's theme. And Zach tweeted out, Parents, whether you believe it or not, your son or daughter's team chemistry can be ruined at your dinner table, or on the ride home from the game. Let your kids be coached. Don't turn them into individuals in a sport that requires total team effort to be successful. And we talked about this yesterday. We talked about this yesterday, that parents, when it comes to uh, taking ownership, and it take, comes to a failure, and it comes to the ride home, uh, undermining the coaches, uh, and talking badly about your, the, the other parents on the team, the coach, your, the, 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 your, your son or daughter's teammates, uh, is, is not a good way to do that. And so uh, I, I thought that was a really good uh, tweet that related to yesterday's show. Uh, and so 
I thought that was really great. Remember, if you want to connect with me on social media, uh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to ask you guys two favors today. Two favors. Number one, go to Instagram and follow me at Coach Lyle on Instagram. And that's the number one favor I'm going to ask you guys. And number two, go to youtube.com slash Coach Lyle and hit that subscribe button. Those are the two favors. If you've liked this show, if you've really watched it, those are the two favors I'm going to ask with you uh, today. Follow me on Instagram and hit subscribe on, uh, on YouTube. Those are the two big favors I ask of you this morning. Okay. So, uh, you know, I had a lot of fun this morning. Hopefully, I brought you guys some value. Uh, hopefully, I taught you guys some lessons that I think uh, will really help you guys uh, in your in your day uh, with your kids as a parent and athletes. Hopefully, I could taught you some something about uh, taking ownership and taking control of your life and your journey, uh, and to stop blaming others for the things that happen in your life. Thank you to everyone who tuned in this morning, shared this hour with me, uh, who shared a cup of coffee with me. Thank you guys so much for taking the time and, and sharing that with me this morning. Uh, tomorrow is the final show of the Coffee with Coach Lyle show. So I hope you tune in tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow's will be a really good episode. It'll be our final episode uh, of Coffee with Coach Lyle show. So now it's time to say goodbye, uh, but I'll see you again tomorrow. Same time, same place. Now go out and win the day.